Welcome to the BizGone Social Podcast. We help entrepreneurs navigate how to get known, get customers, and get the edge over their competition. Here is your host, Lorraine Duncan. So here we are on the Biz Gone Social Podcast, and I am so glad to be here. And my promise to you, as always, is I want to give you a little bit of verbal caffeine that's going to energize your business and help you stay social. Because after all, don't you want to be the business that everyone's talking about? I know I do. And I'm actually so stoked to have Katarina Rando with me. Welcome, Katarina. So happy to be with you. Yay. So we met at a networking event. So uh, that's just a little plug that if you want to meet really amazing people, go to a networking uh, group and you will meet some amazing piece people. <laughs> Anyways, tell me a little bit about your business and what you do. Thanks, Lorraine. I serve women in business on a mission. Women who have big hearts, they want to use their business to be of service. But you know what? They're good at the service part, the the fitness, the image consulting, the graphic design, whatever they're doing, they're great at that, but they're not as great at the business part. And that's where I help them to become strategic about their business, to master public speaking, to get really good at sales so that they can thrive in their business. Now, how long have you been doing this for? My friend, I've been doing my thing for 29 years. I had a different business before this. And I like to think I don't look that old, but yes, 29 years serving the women. And the more you do your thing, the better you get. And I would definitely say that I have gotten to a place of mastery in being able to help people because the more you do it, the better you get. Absolutely. What would you say, you know, since you've been doing this for 29 years and you've probably spoken to all different kinds of women, all different kinds of women in different businesses, what would you say the number one problem is consistently with most people, most women that go into business? The number one problem is that they don't know how to sell. And we have to call it sales, Lorraine, so we know what we're talking about. What I'm saying is that you're inviting people to come and be your client. And seeing if what they're looking for matches what you have to offer. Women are so afraid of being too salesy that they don't usually invite people to talk to them. Or they talk to people, but they don't ask them if they want to talk about being their client and working together. And this is, it's another skill. If they had a job before and they never had to do client acquisition, They haven't developed those skills, but the thing is that women know how to talk to people. So we, we can just talk to people. We don't need scripts. We need to have clarity on who our ideal client is. We need to have clarity on the values that we're looking for and the people we want to serve. And then we need to have time set aside to connect with people and invite them to work with us. Yeah. And I actually, you know, I have done a lot of soul searching when it comes to sales, because what used to come up to me is that, you know, car salesperson who just was so pushy that after a while, you just kind of wanted to stab him with a pen. You know, it was like, 
Um, and I'll never forget this as long as I live. Uh, my husband and I went into a car deal- dealership and we were like, literally, we were just deciding. We didn't even know what kind of car we wanted. And this guy hounded us, both of us. So not just me, not just my husband. He hounded us for almost like eight weeks before we finally called the dealership and asked that this guy never calls us again. It was like, it was worse than spam calls. You know, sales, you you mentioned this, is that you've mastered a lot of skills and sales is a, a, a skill that we all have to master. Right. What What do you think is the number one reason why we fear sales or we just don't get sales or we don't want to sell? Well, because nobody likes to be rejected. That's the first thing. Now, if we're talking about women, we also are very concerned about being polite, about not being rude, about um, not hurting anybody's feelings. And let me tell you something. I sell a lot, Lorraine. I do it with love and kindness. And before I tell people about all my opportunities, I ask them if they want to hear about them and ask them, what do they want to hear about? And should we have this conversation now or should we have it in next month or three months later. And one of the things that guy didn't do was he didn't say to you, Hey, do you, do you want to hear from me this month? Do you want me to check back with you next month? You know, when is good for you? And, and it's okay for, for us to reach out to people, but we also want to see if they want to hear from us at this time. And because if you say to somebody, Hey, you know what? I got a lot going on right now and I love what you're up to, but you know, right now is not the time. If they're smart, they're going to write down when you said to talk to them and they're going to call you back or they're going to invite you to something way easier to get started with before you have to, so you can engage with them before you ask them to buy Absolutely. You know, it's funny. I I have all these things going through my mind right now, but one of the things is I worked year probably a year ago with a with a sales coach. And um she had me do this exercise which I thought was the most craziest thing at the time, and I didn't want to do it and I like, you know, stuffed my feet and I'm like, I don't need to do that. But she encouraged me to reach out to about 10 to 12 people by text message that you know were on my radar radar over the last year or two or maybe you know never really used had a discovery call and they were a good fit or it wasn't the right time which a lot of times that's really what the issue is it's just not the right time and so it was just like um reach out say hi how are you um is how you doing you know how's how's your business going and i did that And I did it to about maybe 15 people. I had about 15 people that were on my radar that I hadn't heard from in a long time. And one of the people reached out to me and goes, I was just thinking about you and I needed to call you. (laughs) And literally they, I, I signed them up as a client of mine. It was like, I, it wasn't magic. It was just that like, I genuinely, genuinely reached out because I did really care, but it just seems so weird to do that. Cause I don't, I'm not used to doing something like that. And I've, I've actually kept that going and you you wouldn't believe some of the people that you sign up that like never, you know, that that they just weren't ready when you talked, you know, and and we always see that, like, I saw that as rejection always, you know, it was like, you know, when, or they ghost you, 
Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, have you ever been ghosted by someone where, you know, you, you had the discovery call with them and all of a sudden they don't, they just, it seems like they're hiding from you. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess, I guess the answer must be yes, Lorraine, but the truth is I put my attention on the people that do want to talk to me. Uh, and, and because I have a plethora of prospects, I don't, I would have to probably go back and look at my notes to see if Mary Jane or Sheila didn't respond. And the reason for that is because I don't think it's anybody's job to reach back to me. I think it's my job to keep reaching out and to invite them to have a conversation. So in fact, the other thing I do is I assume that they do want to talk to me. So when I reach out, I'm usually saying something like, Hey, Sheila, we haven't connected in a long time. It was great to be with you way back when at the XYZ workshop or networking event or whatever. I'd love to make a time for us to connect. And then I give her a specific time and ask her if that works for her. That's awesome. And and that's been, how long has that been your routine for? Oh my gosh, a few years now. Nice. And then, and then what you mentioned uh, that's the reach out, right? But then there's what we call the circle back. The circle back is, hey, Sheila, want to make sure you saw that message I put, I, I sent to you a few days ago, circling back. And I said exactly that. I said, I'm circling back to see if you'd like to schedule that time. And let me tell you something. The circle backs are so effective because Most people saw the note, and when I say note, I'm usually referring to a direct message through social media, through LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, whatever platform that person is engaged in. And if they're a business person, they're engaged on one of those platforms big time. The circle backs get a really huge response rate, and The thing is, though, that a lot of people get discouraged. I reached out. They didn't reach back. And then and then you so recognize it's our job to circle back. And sometimes it takes a couple of circle backs. But Lorraine, I want to back up and say something before all of this, if I may. Sure. A big mistake. So so you, you asked me, what's the biggest mistake? The biggest mistake is not knowing how to sell. The biggest mistake in selling is people inviting people to be their client before they've built influence. And and we need influence before we ask somebody to buy. And I actually, Lorraine, am anti-discovery calls. Because I don't want to talk to somebody until I've built influence with them and until I know that they're the right match for me. And how do I do that? Check them out, check out their business. But also if I've invited them to come to something, then I have a clear sense of if they're kind and gracious and positive. And if they're there and I'll learn about their business in that context. And then I can also decide if they're the right match. So it's really important that we build influence before we ask people to buy. Absolutely. So, you know, there's a lot of 
there's a lot of people that are listening to this call that have just started off, started out. There's also some seasoned people that are out there. And there's some people who are thinking of going into business themselves. And so for those people, um, if you have, would you be able to just define a little bit um, what you mean by influence? I mean, for me, influence, how I build influence is by building relationships with people one person at a time, because that's who I am. But you may mean something totally different. So I don't want to define that for you. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so here's the influence equation. Ready for it, my friend? Here it is. Visibility plus value plus consistency equals influence. Visibility. That's your area. Social media, right? Visibility. Now, when you say, when we talk about value, there's two kinds of value. One is exactly what you said. I call it Lorraine heart skills. Kindness, graciousness, genuine caring, being a good listener, being non-judgmental. All of that are the relationship building. That's the hard skills. But the other thing is that people also have to have clarity that we have massive value to bring and that we are a good solution. And that's what networking and referrals do not do. Networking and referrals, I get to see you're fabulous. I get to see how fun you are. I get to see that you're positive. I get to see that everybody in the in the room thinks you're amazing. I get to see your reliability. I get to see all of that in a networking situation. But what I don't get, unless you're the speaker, is that you are phenomenal at your service that I'm also looking for. And that's why I am such a big believer in the Zoom workshop, having a Zoom workshop that you're doing once a month. So you always have something to invite people to so that you can build influence before you ask them to buy. So then you're not trying to convince them of your amazingness when you're on the phone with them or in a Zoom room. That that is, that is genuinely a getting to know you call to see if there's a match because you've already built influence where they know that you can deliver. Wow. I hope everybody's taking notes out here because this to me is what actually adding value. And I really appreciate that, Katarina. I'm going to switch gears a little bit here, but before I do, because you mentioned my sweet spot, social media, what is your favorite social media platform and what one works the best for you, would you say? Okay, well, I always love the platforms that are doing two things. First of all, they're visual. And the second thing is that they're interactive because people think it's about us communicating our amazingness, which yes, we want to do that. But also people want to feel seen and heard and gotten by us. In fact, you know, I gave a speech not too long ago. And before I talked, the the facilitator of the meeting asked everybody, what, how did people build influence with them? And sure, some people said expertise, but you know what a lot of people said? That they see me, that they value me, that they, they get me. And that's why I love 
to do Facebook lives or Instagram lives or something where people can comment, we can chat, we can pull people up on the screen, all of that. Because the more interactive it is, in my opinion, the more influence you're building and the more relationship you're building. And that's that's what we want social media to do, right? Is to build those relationships. But at the same time, we want to communicate our expertise and our personality. Awesome. Thank you. You know, there's a lot of, I'm switching gears now. There's a lot of people out there that, you know, are, they, they see the glamour and all the great things about <laughs> being in business for themselves. You know, um, usually I ask you, you know, what is the best thing you like about being in business sure. for yourself? And most people, you know, they all say, well, freedom and blah, blah, blah. I get to do what I want when I want to do it. But I'm going to switch the question a little bit and ask you, what are some of the downsides of owning a business? Because there's a lot of people that look at the glamour and think, well, I'm going to do this well because I can and because I'm going to have freedom. So I'm going to open up shop, set up a website and then do what I want. So I don't know. I I, I wanted you to speak to that a little bit. Well, I think it's going to be different for everybody depending on their individual life situation, you know? I know a lot of women that they have businesses and they also have a, um, they have a trust fund or they have a, a partner who's, you know, got a lot of a a regular job with a big salary. So they're not so much stressing about the financial aspects of their business. It's more like their, their pin money, their play money. (laughs) Okay, great. You know, I'm a single person. And so I got to make sure that not only, I have enough revenue for my life, but that there's enough revenue for the business. So I put a lot of attention on the financials. Like right now, I just talked to my team this morning. I said, hey, we have a great number of clients right now. We have a great number of clients signed up for next year, but you know what? We can use more, not to not to be necessarily focused just on the revenue, but on creating surplus on making sure we have enough cash flow. So attention to financials, a lot of attention to financials is really another skill for business owners to develop. And it's something that does create stress and worry. And that's definitely one of the downside. But again, it's another skill to master. And especially because, you know, Lorraine, I like to sell. So so I used to have all my attention on the selling and not as much attention on, you know, how much is going out. Well, now I have a lot more attention and mastery on all the financial management. And so that creates less stress, but that can be stressful for sure. Um, I would say that that's the, the downside is that nobody's, nobody's coming to save you. <laughs> nobody's probably dropping a ton of clients on your lap, that it's up to you to not only provide, uh, to have attention on sales, but to provide outstanding service to your clients so that they keep coming back. And that's something we probably don't talk about enough is that, you know, we're not looking for clients. We're looking for long-term and lifelong clients. And I have many clients that have been with me for many years. And so that's great. So that way, you know, sometimes the conversation goes like this. Hey, my friend, did you get great value this year? Yeah, I did. Okay, great put you down for next year. Yeah. Put me down for next year. Okay, great. That's the whole conversation because of the success of the past. 
And that's where we want to really have our clients be so happy that they keep coming back and they send others. Absolutely. That's great. Yeah. And I don't want to like end with a bad thing or anything. So I want to like, what, what would you say is the best thing about being in business for yourself? Best thing about being self-employed in my own business is that I get to be my authentic self a hundred percent of the time. You can see right now I got big heart earrings on. I'm wearing my velvet dress. You know, you get to be yourself and I don't, I don't have tattoos, but you know, if you, you don't have to worry about a boss telling you, you can't have tattoos or your haircut's not okay. Or, you know, you get to be yourself. Cento per cento. That's Italian for a hundred percent of the time. And whatever brilliant idea you get, you can bring it into your business. I mean, it's just all made up, right? We're doing a, a workshop coming up called Ramp Up Your Revenue. I'm so excited about it. You know, we got an app, we got a podcast, we got all kinds of things that are just fun while providing massive value. So that's, the, and, and here's the thing I want to end on, Lorraine. Your business is supposed to be your bliss. And if it's not your bliss, look at, are there shoulds that you're carrying over from your your former life the where you didn't get to be yourself sometimes women especially start their own business and they're 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 still acting like they did at that corporate job where they didn't get to be totally authentic so really amplify your authenticity and that will make you more blissing in your business that's awesome and that actually answered the last question i had for you so i'm like really Glad. I'm really happy that you came on my podcast. I really appreciate it. And um, if somebody like resonated with you today, what would be the best way of them to get in contact with you today? Well, thank you so much, my friend. So KaterinaRando.com, C-A-T-E-R-I-N-A-R-A-N-D-O.com. You can come there and you can sign up to get our, our, we have a lot of free resources there at katerinarando.com slash links and also you can get our podcast you can get our upcoming workshop i'm always having a free workshop to come to virtually we have a bliss in your business checklist we have free ebooks on 10 things Tom, i got a lot of great value to support you to bliss and thrive in your business okay thank you and everyone out there until next week i'll see you soon bye Thanks for listening to the Biz Gone Social podcast. Find us on Instagram at Biz Gone Social for extra tips. Check back weekly for new episodes. Until next time, stay social.